to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. knows that's an important thing, that just put in control over our mind. And I don't want to talk about a lot of the intro and, and do it, because I just want to get into the nuts and bolts of it all tonight. I just want to present it to you and just to lay it out there. But you know what? Make every effort to be here. I know for some of you, you have to work and all that thing is great. And that's an excuse if you have to work. But I'm telling you, just being tired and not feeling like it is not an excuse not to be in the house. And you need to be. Disciple or discipline, rather, your life around church. Make that the priority, and then everything else comes after that. So tonight I want to talk about and look at controlling your mind. Controlling your mind. And just can you trust me tonight that this is not a positive, motivational speech tonight? We're not just trying to be positive and just give you this motivational speech. And, that. and I'm going to give you the punchline, if I can, before the story. You know how you tell the story or the joke and then there's the punchline? Well, I'm going to give you the punchline before so you can know what I'm talking about tonight. That I'm not just talking about just motivating your mind. So you're ready? Here you go. You will not shape your life by good thoughts. You will shape your life by God thoughts. I'm going to say that one more time because I've got one amen, I think. You will not shape your life by good thoughts. So it's not a case of saying, well, if I'm thinking good and I'm doing this, then I'm going to shape my life. It doesn't happen because how many knows good thoughts come and good thoughts And we can't save ourselves. We can't change ourselves. It's only the power of God. So it's not the good thoughts that shape us, but rather it's the God thoughts. Thinking like God. Having the mind or the, yeah, the mind of Christ inside of every one of us. And I want you to hold that truth tonight. I want you to hold that thought because that's what we're going to be teaching about tonight. Listen to this quote from Henry Thoreau. He says this, thought is the sculptor who can create the person you want to be. Thought is the sculptor who can create the person that you want to be. But I've got a little addition to that, and that is this. Thought is also the sculptor that creates the person I don't want to be. I don't know about you, but I don't really battle with the thoughts about that I'm great. I don't battle with thoughts thinking I'm incredible and I'm awesome and, and, and you know, I'm, I don't battle with those thoughts. Anyone battle with those thoughts? But I battle with the thoughts that you, you can't do it, you know, and you're a mistake and you haven't got what it takes and you've let God down. Anyone with me? So the thoughts that I battle with are things that are trying to make me 
what I don't want to be. Take me to places I don't want to go. And they say, don't they, that everything starts with a thought. Before there's an action, there's a thought. Before there's a word, there's a thought. So where is the real battleground that we face? It's in our minds. The battleground is in our minds where we can either win it or we can lose it. And how often do we get stuck in a negative, untrue and impure thoughts just going through our mind? Too often, don't we? We get stuck in the rut of that. In the book Soul Detox, Craig Rochelle gives an incredible illustration. Now, I've never spoken a language. I struggle enough with English, never mind another language. But Craig Rochelle talked about his encounter of how he met a young lady from France and he had been taught French at school for a number of years and he could speak it and he was very good at it. And this exchange student came over and she began to speak to him and he went up to her and, and he's bonjour, you know, comme tu and all this kind of stuff. You know, how are you? All this kind of nice stuff. Quel âge est-il? How old are you? You know, that's about the extent of my French for four years. And um, so he's speaking French to her and she's speaking back to him and he said he remembered hearing what she was saying but he was translating it into English thinking in English and then he was thinking in English what he had to say to her and then he had to think what it was in French and he said he was just really struggling in this conversation and he was just really struggling because he was bringing everything to English so he could then take it back to French to speak to her. And he said, all of a sudden, about 10 minutes into that conversation, something clicked. And all of a sudden, he realized, I can't think in English anymore. I have to start thinking in French. Because when I start thinking in French, it's going to be easier for me to respond in that language. And he uses the analogy about how often it is that we convert the language that God is speaking to us into something else. And that's where we get caught up. That's where we get caught up when we begin to believe things and hear things that are not right because what? We translate them into how we feel. We translate them into what is natural or becomes normal to us and as a result we struggle. But they talk about in translation and with languages and I don't know if that's you and you're good at that but they say there's a shift happens when you begin to think and speak. Notice this, the same language. I think a shift needs to happen in every one of our lives. I think a shift needs to take place that we think and we begin to speak the same language. And the first step has to be that we diagnose our problem. We've got to say with me, identify it. Come on, say it with me, identify it. And you know the problem we have with identifying the fact that we think wrong is this? Because then we have to admit that we are wrong. We have to admit that we're thinking wrong. We have to take responsibility for those wrong thoughts. Come on, we've got to confess it. That's a hard thing sometimes to confess the fact that our mind is not what it needs to be. It's a hard thing sometimes to confess to other people that you're battling things and the attack that's going on in your mind because we don't like to admit that because we're ashamed of it. But until we can admit that, we can never really, I believe, truly break free from that. The root of most sins we commit outwardly is the false beliefs that we have embraced inwardly. It's because of the mind. 
The sins that we do, the things that we do, the actions that we do, the wrong things that we do outwardly are for what reason? They are what? Because of what the beliefs that we have embraced inwardly. You see, if you start believing you're nothing, guess what? Your actions are never going to really mount to much. If you're going to start thinking I'm a failure and I can't succeed, guess what? You're not going to succeed in life. Come on, are you with me tonight? So the outward is an expression of what we have embraced, what we have become, what we have accepted on the inside of us. In other words, your thoughts will determine what you will become. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says these words, For as a person, as a man, as he thinks in his heart, so he or she is, or so you will become. Your life will follow your thoughts. Your life will follow the way you think. If you've got stinking thinking, if you've got negative thinking, if you've got wrong thinking, it's going to affect your life. If you think negative and toxic thoughts, you will become a negative and sick person. But listen to this. If you think God's truth in your thoughts, you will become like Christ. You will become Christ-like. So there's a battle. There's a battle between our ears. There's a battle between your flesh, which is your earthly desires, and your spirit, which is your heavenly desires. There's a battle in the mind. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says these words, Keep your heart with all diligence. Notice, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, the center of what you are, your thoughts, your life. Keep it with all diligence. Why? For out of it will spring the issues or determines That will determine, one translation says, the course of your life. One translation says this, carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. Pretty powerful scripture there, isn't it? Guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. So how do we fight? How do we win this battle? Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and we're going to read verse 3 through 5. And this is how we win the battle in our minds. For though we walk in the flesh, the Bible says, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly or of the flesh, but they are what? Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. In other words, the answer to our problems is not a gun, it's not a knife, it's not a sword, it's not a grenade, it's not a missile, it's not a fleshly weapon that's going to defeat the enemy between our ears. But what is it? It's God. It's in God. That is in God. That we are mighty where? We are mighty in God. So what is in God? It's faith, it's prayer, and it's God's Word. That by faith we can overcome the powers of darkness. By prayer we can overcome the powers of darkness. Through God's word we can overpower the powers of darkness. So in God, let's read on, verse 5. 
we can, that's my little addition there, it doesn't say that, but we can cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You know what the knowledge of God is? Well, we know what it is. It's infinite. It's out there. But you know what one facet of the knowledge of God is? The thoughts that he has towards you. The mind of God. You know what? Part of that is how much he loves you and how much. And the Bible says we've got to cast down everything that comes against what God thinks about you. What God has determined that your life is going to be, but yet we have settled because we have believed the lie. We are misinterpreting. We are speaking and understanding a different language and it's not happening. Why? Because we are not casting down those things, the high things that exalt themselves against what God thinks about us. What's the next part? It says, and bring every thought into captivity. Pastor P, how or why is that possible? The answer is right here. Through or in the obedience of Christ. We bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. There's two thoughts that we can find there when we look at the thought obedience. Number one is this. The obedience of Christ took him to the cross. And through the cross, there's victory in our lives. Come on, because of the cross, we're free. Because of the cross, our minds can be free. So what, what do we have to bring our thoughts to? What do we have to bring our lives to? The cross, that place of victory, that place where there is deliverance. But there's another thought of obedience. And that is, if you would look at that word in the original language, it means submission, assent or perfect agreement. And think about that. We've got to bring our lives, we've got to funnel our minds to what? To God's perfect instruction, to His submissive. We've got to submit our minds, to assent our minds, to put them in perfect agreement. That literally we've got to be under God, it means, and to hear God for our lives. And the Bible tells us, as we read in verse 4, that we are mighty in God to pull down strongholds. And the picture that the writer is trying to present to us here is the picture of a prisoner who is locked by deception. And how easily we can get locked in a prison of deception. Get locked in a wrong way of thinking. Listen to this quote I read this week. It was phenomenal. I love it. In Christ we hold the key to our mind, but we lose sight of it in the junk drawer of our negative thoughts. Anyone got a junk drawer in your house? How many got more than one? <laughs> you know, everything gets thrown in there. And every time you look for something, it's like such an ordeal to find something. Isn't it amazing how the key that we hold to our minds in Christ can so easily get put in the junk drawer of negative thoughts? That when we go to try and find it, we just don't seem to find it any longer. Because we think of this and we think of that. And we lose sight of the fact that in Christ we have the victory. We lose sight of the fact because of his obedience, because of our obedience to him, there's victory in our lives. And we've got to put down those thoughts. We've got to destroy those. And I want to look at four key main areas that I believe are areas of negative thinking that we have in our minds. Are you ready? Number one, pessimism. 
being a pessimist. Someone who's a pessimist or pessimism involves or usually produces negative thoughts. Do I hear an amen? amen. And you know, it's a, it can be against you. It can be negative thoughts against others. It can be negative thoughts against life. I mean, everything. If we don't watch, we can go through life with a very pessimistic viewpoint. That everything's negative, everyone's out to get us, everyone's this, and all these kind of things. And what we've got to be careful is this. If we tell ourselves a lie for long enough, we'll begin to believe it as the truth. If we tell a lie long enough, we'll begin to believe it as the truth. So we've got to be careful. You know, they don't have to be big thoughts of negativity that will destroy our lives. But even if it's a grain of truth that exists in a particular thought, where you plant the seed determines how and if it's going to grow. I wonder how many of us have problems with pessimism in our mind, that we're pessimistic. We've got to weed our garden. We've got to weed our mind. Why? Because if we don't, the weeds will overgrow the fruit that God wants us to have inside of our lives. So we've got to watch. That's one negative thought pattern. Here's another one. Anxiety. Anxiety. You know what anxiety will produce in your life? Fearful and worried thoughts. You know, to have anxiety. The Bible tells us God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So God's not given us fear. So when we're anxious and our mind is controlled by anxious, fearful, worrying thoughts, we've got to realize God has not given us that. Well, what if this, Pastor Philip? What if this happens? And what if this doesn't happen? And what if I lose my job? And what if this? You know what? Maybe so, maybe not. But can I just tell you today, God is still able God is still able, but yet we just allow anxiety just to rule us and just to come upon us. As children of God, we are losing a battle too often with fear and worry. We're believing in our circumstances instead of seeing the hands that promise to hold us through the storms, through the trials, through the tribulations. What do you see? The mind of anxiety will see negativity. But we've got to start seeing God's presence. Here's the third one. Are you ready? Bitterness. Bitterness. Which pollutes our thoughts with discontented and envious thoughts. Discontented thoughts. Another thought that I wrote down was discounted thoughts. If something's discounted, it's, it's on sale. I wonder how many times we discount ourselves from really being what God wants us to be. Why? Because of bitterness. We begin to believe the lie that you are less than that you are. We begin to believe the the trap that we always want more, that we're chasing dreams that were never part of our, what, reality. And we begin to believe all these things and we've got to watch for bitterness that will come in our mind. Cause us to be discontented and envious. Looking at other people and say, if only I could be like them. Thinking wrong thoughts against others. And lastly, the negative number four that we battle in our mind is criticism. Which will pump destructive judgmental thoughts into our minds. Where we find fault with anything and everyone. 
circumstances, life period. We don't like this, we don't like that. Isn't it amazing how our minds can be consumed with pessimism, with anxiety, with bitterness and with criticism? Think about your thoughts for a moment. Think about the things you think. Can you be brutally honest with yourself tonight? If you battle negative thoughts about yourself, others, people, or life in general, is that you? Do you are you often consumed with fearful, worrisome thoughts, putting your faith in bad things happening rather than trusting in God? Do you find yourself discontented, always wishing life were different or better? Are you critical, finding something wrong with lots of people and places or things? Maybe you're losing the battlefield in your mind if that's what you are. Come on, it's time to fight to win. It's time to fight to win. Philippians 4 verse 7 and 8 says, And the peace of God. Pete talked about this tonight, didn't he? And the peace of God which surpasseth all understanding, which transcends, which goes beyond, guess what? Your thoughts. God's peace goes beyond what you can figure out. Come on, God's thoughts go beyond what you think. And you've got to begin to understand that. And the peace of God which goes beyond your thoughts will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, if there's a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, what does the Bible tell us? That's what we need to think on. Meditate, stop, ponder, build your life upon those things. Let me paraphrase Philippians 4, 7 and 8 for you tonight. As you meditate on God, He will protect your mind and you will be filled with what you feast upon in your mind. And what does He tell us to feast upon? Good, pure, lovely, noble, praiseworthy, virtue. All these things, as we begin to feed on those, guess what? Our minds will become filled with what we feast upon. God thoughts. Guard your mind. Poison will kill your life. Remember, it's a process. What does that mean? Come on, you might not see overnight change in your life. You know, you may say tonight, and I pray you do, you know what, I've got some problems in my mind, and I've got to overcome. It's a process. You've got to go through the process of it. And you know what, you may not see immediate results overnight, but as you continue to direct your thoughts towards God, guess what? He will bring more joy into your life. He'll bring more peace to you that you could ever imagine humanly possible. You won't be tormented in your mind any longer. You won't lose the battle, but you'll begin to see yourself how God sees you. Write this down. Your thoughts are yours. Your thoughts are yours so you can make better choices with them. My thoughts aren't Kelly's thoughts. Kelly's thoughts aren't my thoughts. My thoughts are my thoughts. Your thoughts are your thoughts. Well, Pastor Philip, some of the things I'm thinking, I don't know where they come from. Well, they come from the pit of hell, but we can cast them aside and we can put those down, the Bible says. We can bring those into captivity. What does that mean? Through Christ, we can not think of those things. We can push them aside. We can refuse those things. Why? My thoughts are my thoughts. So that means, guess what? I need to make better choices with them. I can blame everyone else I want. 
But I've got to make better choices. Come on, you've got to stop yourself. You've got to catch yourself. You've got to ask yourself questions like this. Is that what God thinks of me? When you begin to feel I'm a failure and I'm nothing, ask yourself, is that what God thinks of me? Ask yourself this question. Is that what God's word promises for my life, my family and for my future? Oh, you'll never be anything. Is that what God's word says about me? Is that what God's word says about my life? See, we've got to control our thoughts because they're our thoughts. We've got to bring them what to the obedience of Christ. Ask yourself a question like that. Is that truth or is it a lie? Discern the lie so you can embrace the truth. You and I have got to begin to discern the lies so we can grab a hold of the truth. Because remember, it starts with a thought. And if Satan can get in our minds, guess what? He destroys everything else that comes after it. It's won or lost in our mind, not in our actions, because it's already been conceived in the mind. Perhaps every one of us would do good to go through something like this. When those thoughts come and bombard us, perhaps we need to just slow down a little bit and first ask ourselves, is it true? And to answer that question, we may have to think. And here's what we think. What does the Bible say about this? And when we determine the thought is not God or not from God, we then have to determine what is from God. Notice that? It's not just identifying the fact that that's not from God. We've now got to determine what is from God. So if those thoughts are coming through our lives that you're nothing, that you're a failure, you've got to ask yourself first, is that a lie? And you've got to determine whether that comes from God or not. And I'm telling you, that's a lie and that's not from God. But you know what we need to do then to counteract that thing? We then need to discern and understand what is of God. And that is this. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a pearl of great price. You are the apple of God's eye. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You've got to begin to determine the truth of God in your life. And then when we choose to think God-like, guess what happens? Our thought pattern changes. We've got to think, is that a lie? What does God's word say? And then we've got to identify those things and understand the truth of God's word. And we've got to choose to think God-like thoughts instead. Are you a vulture? Or are you a hummingbird? Are you a vulture? Or are you a hummingbird? Something about a vulture. A vulture is a big, ugly bird. If you've ever seen one, they are ugly. But you know what vultures do? They soar high up in the sky. And they search and they circle looking for what? For what kind of food? Dead things. They're looking for something that's dead. 
But then there's the hummingbird that is such a small bird. They say their wings flap about 20 beats per second. But what does the small bird go in search of? What does the small bird find? It doesn't find anything dead, but it finds what? Sweet, life-giving nectar. So are you a vulture or are you a hummingbird? And remember this, daily each bird finds what it's looking for. A vulture will find dead things, but a hummingbird will find sweet things. You will find what you're looking for. Come on, you don't even really have to look hard to find negativity. Negativity will find you. Come on, you don't have to go out and find bad thoughts. They're already waiting for you. Do I I have a witness in the house? Am I preaching to myself or some other people in here tonight? You know, you don't have to go out and find fear. You don't have to go out and find anxiety. You don't have to go out and find criticism and all these things. You don't have to look far because they're going to find you. And guess what? If negativity becomes your goal, guess what? You can easily accomplish that. You can easily find it. There's a lot of dead things out there you can find if you look for them. But guess what? You can choose to find good things too. Philippians 4.8, whatsoever things are good, pure, lovely, noble, good report, virtue, praiseworthy. What? Think on those things. Feed your life. Build your life upon those things. Come on, you and I have got to decide the destination of our minds. Anytime it starts to wander, anytime it starts to drift, you know what you've got to do? Stop. You've got to bring every thought, the Bible says what, into captivity. Stop in the name of Jesus. That's not what God thinks. That's a lie. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to waste my time there. I'm not going to let the enemy paint a picture. That's not the story of my life anymore. Maybe it was, but I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm a brand new person. Come on, you've got to set the destination of your mind. You don't just say in this service tonight, my mind's going to be different and you leave and you're never going to have another trouble. But you're probably going to have more trouble because Satan knows you're setting your heart and your mind to do something new. So he's really going to come in and he's going to put you what to the test to see if what you said is really true. But what do you do? You have to stop yourself when those wrong thoughts to do wrong things come in or wrong thoughts about what you are or what you want to do to other people or what you wished you were or these things. Anytime those wrong thoughts come in, you've got to say, hold on a second, stop. In the name of Jesus, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty. Come on, it's faith. It's prayer. It's the word of God. I'm a creation in God. I don't believe those things. Come on, whatever it takes, you've got to get that trash out of your mind because one bad apple in the bunch will spoil everything because poison rot decay spreads come on I saw this scripture I'll have to be honest with you I've never seen this scripture before Jeremiah 12 verse 3 and I know I've read it before but Jeremiah 12 3 listen to this scripture it says but you O Lord you know me you have seen me and you have tested my heart towards you look at the next part he says pull them out like sheep for the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter you know what jeremiah is saying here in this verse 
Jeremiah is asking God to test his thoughts. He's asking God to test his heart, to know what's inside, what he is building his life on. He's saying, God, test my thoughts. And you know what he's then saying? God, would you identify all the wrong thoughts in my mind. And what does he say? Will you take them out and will you butcher them? Will you slaughter them? Will you kill them? What an incredible prayer that Jeremiah is crying out to God. And what a prayer that we need to pray. God, you know me. You know my heart. You know my intent. You know what you created me to be. But God, you know what? All the wrong things in me, the wrong thoughts, God, would you take them out and slaughter them and kill them? So they are powerless over my life. Isn't that incredible? Incredible. And remember the punchline that we had tonight? You cannot shape your life with good thoughts, but you shape your life with God thoughts. I'm going to say that one more time. Come on, say that with me. I cannot shape my life with good thoughts. I shape my life with God thoughts. When people come and tell you that you can just positively overcome those things, they're just lying. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. Okay? Every one of you right now, okay? When I say this word, red hammer, begin to think of a red hammer, okay? Can you see a red hammer in your mind? Okay? All right, I don't want you to see a red hammer anymore. I don't want you to see a red hammer anymore. Don't see a red hammer in your mind. How many of you are still seeing a red hammer in your mind? Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how our thoughts, we can't get rid of them. Come on, we can't will them away. But how do we do them? We replace them. Come on, that's what we do. We replace it. We replace it with what God says. We begin to think what God thinks. We begin to then speak what God speaks. Why? Because we're thinking what God thinks. We begin to act like God wants us to. Why? Because we're thinking like God wants us. Do you see what happens? A lot of times people say, man, I wish I could do better and be a better person. It starts in our mind. I really wish, you know, that I could just be more successful and I could be this. You know what? It starts in our minds. It starts in our minds. A lot of addictions and a lot of strongholds people face in their life, they're just the symptom to the battle that's going on in a mind. Come on, they believe in the lie of the enemy, that they need something to, in order to find fulfillment, that that's where it is. Come on, they're believing a lie. They're believing a lie. Come on, you and I don't have to be victims of our thoughts when God has given us the power to bring them into captivity. I don't have to be a victim of my thoughts any longer. When God has given me the power, the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God to the pulling down of deceptive thinking, to strongholds that imprison me. I can cast down every argument, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge, the thinking, the mind that God has for me, that I can bring them into captivity according to the obedience of Christ Jesus. Come on, say with me, I don't have to be a victim. I can be the captive. Is this all right tonight? Last scripture, which is our foundational scripture for our whole course that we're going to be covering this month is Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that you present your bodies. Notice whose responsibility it is. That you present your bodies. God's not asking you to do anything that you're powerless to do. But he's reminding us that the strength and the ability that we have comes only through him. What did Paul say? I can do all things through Christ. He didn't say I can do all things on my own. But he recognized and realized where his source, his strength, his peace, peace in our minds, victory in our minds. He recognized where that came from. And he's saying here, now we're to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is our reasonable service. But look at verse 2. Don't be conformed. Don't be put in a mold or in a box of the world. But what needs to happen? But we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Come on, we've got to have a new way of thinking. Come on, where does transformation come? Between our ears and our minds. You know what changes our life? A new way of thinking. Come on, a new way of thinking. Renewing your mind. Renewing in the Greek means this, to restore, to renovate, and I love this last part, to make better than you. God wants to restore your mind. God wants to renovate your mind. God wants to make your thoughts greater than they have ever been before better than you. And that's what God will do with your mind if you will begin to take control of it. That's what God is able to do. Come on, if you want to live clean in a dirty world, you must, resi- you must remove the seeds of poison from within. And how do we do that? By renewing our mind in Christ Jesus. By renewing our minds in Christ Jesus. Joyce Myers wrote a book, The Battlefield of the Mind. It's a great book because there's so much truth in that. And we can't choose to think it away because good thoughts won't change it. But it's only God thoughts that can renew our mind. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartsease Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.